Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color, helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Nicole Brewer has been an expatriate for the past 10 years. During that time, Nicole has created a lifestyle which has allowed her to travel to over 50 countries with some of her travel courtesy of her blogging skills. Nicole shares with us how she was able to transition from her home state of Michigan to becoming an international author and travel expert. Let's get to it. I am not where you want to be Trying to navigate life but it's hard to see I am struggling to make a change We're coming to me now is the perfect chance With flipping the script so you'll find your way To help you embrace any trials you face With flipping the script conquer every day We're helping you find your happy place Nicole Brewer is an English language teacher, travel blogger, author, and freelance writer. She has traveled to over 50 countries and lived abroad in South Africa, Germany, and South Korea. She presently lives in Oman, where she has resided for the past eight years. She has a zest for the expat lifestyle and has a goal of inspiring others to travel and live abroad. Nicole is the author of A Guide to Landing an English Teaching Job Abroad and an ABC guide to children's games around the globe, as well as the co-founder of I Love to Globe Trot, travel site and community. Nicole has been featured in The Guardian, BBC Travel, Forbes, TripAdvisor, and National Geographic Traveler. And she will continue to inspire as she globe trots. Nicole, welcome to Flipping the Script. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. So nice to be here. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. I have been looking forward to interviewing you for a while. (laughs) Uh, Nicole, tell us about your background prior to moving abroad. Oh, well, let's see. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, and I graduated from the University of Michigan. Go Blue. Um, And I studied communications in undergrad. And after uh, graduating from Michigan, I actually moved to Chicago to start working. I have a little bit of experience, kind of a jack of all trades, did a little bit of everything. I did IT sales for a couple of years. And then after that, I moved into market research, which was actually um, my last position I was in before deciding to move abroad. Um, I was actually laid off from my job in like 2008. And, you know, around the time of the last recession. <laughs> and so um, around 2009 is when I started looking at opportunities to move abroad to teach English. And I said, I'll go for one year, maybe two. And here we are over a decade later, <laughs> still out of the country. <laughs> still out of the country and still teaching English. So first, right. Nicole, what was your major at Michigan? Um, communications, actually. Communications. Okay. So I'm just wondering, how did you make the transition or what, what made you decide that you wanted to teach, first of all? 
You know, and that, that's a really great question because honestly, teaching found me like I wasn't planning to go into education initially. Um, you know, like I said, my, my major communication. So I like writing. I like, you know, even even doing the, the market research that was related to commun communications in a sense. But initially, when I left to teach English abroad, you know, going to South Korea initially, you didn't even need to have an education degree as long as you had a degree that was like a four year from a four university in English, you were able to teach there. So initially, when I decided to leave, I didn't plan on staying in English teaching or ESL uh, teaching for as long as I have. You know, I actually um, transitioned out of, you know, working in South Korea and moving to the Middle East after getting a TESOL and getting a certification in that realm. But yeah, honestly, I kind of fell into the field and, and just loved the lifestyle so much that I've stuck with it. And with more and more years of experience, it just made me more and more marketable in this field. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I want to know more about when you say you just kind of fell into it. How did that process happen? And especially for you to go to Korea first, South Korea. You know, it's so funny you say that because I'm thinking about the name of your podcast, like flipping a script, like I thought I'm thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I literally did flip the script in my life, my tra trajectory yeah. in my life. But um, yeah, so it's interesting because before I um, left to move abroad, I actually had went to Japan um, a couple of years prior to visit a couple of girlfriends who were teaching ESL at the time in Japan. I actually had three girlfriends living in Japan at the same time, and they were all teaching for different organizations over there. So, you know, when I went to visit them, and, you know, this was before I left my job at Market Research, um, I was still there. But me and another girlfriend went to visit them in, in Japan. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Like, you know, this is a really cool experience to have. So I, I think after ha seeing like firsthand some girlfriends doing it, kind of like click, like maybe you should consider this, not knowing that I was actually going to literally fall into that. So when I started looking at English teaching job roles, initially Japan was like my number one option. But then I started I start, started seeing opportunities in South Korea. And so I was like weighing the pros and the cons of both destinations. And Korea just won, you know, after interviewing some people about their experience in Korea and looking at cost of living and the different things. I That was the place that I felt was better for me. And I'm glad I made the choice that I did because Korea was great. You know, I stayed there for three years. And yeah, that's literally how it happened. <laughs> and in the trenches looking for work. And I was like, I'll leave the country for a year. Why not? Yeah, and then a year turned into two, and two turned into over 10 now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it works. You know, I have talked to other guests about it before, and even in the book mentioned that many people that decide that they're going to move abroad think that it's going to be short term. And then you assess after you get there and decide, you know what, I like my life better here than I did at home. So I'm going to continue down this path. So how long do you think, Nicole, that you will, let's say, live abroad? Hmm, that is the million dollar question. You know, honestly, <laughs> I wholeheartedly feel like that this lifestyle, like the, the nomadic, like expat lifestyle is like in my blood. I, I have a hard time, like even adjusting to the idea of like reacclimating back to life in the U.S. So part of me is just like, do I want to go back? You know, I always tell people if push came to shove and like extreme circumstances happen, like if there was a reason that I had to go back for my family, then I would. But right. other than that, I would love to retire abroad. Like you know, your goals right now, like you know, having a having a place out of the country, like you know that that's the dream. You know, so that that's really what I'm hoping to build up to in, in the 
closer future. I said near future than that. <laughs> that that's the dream to retire. Sooner than you think. Like <laughs> I know, girl. I know. That's also, I got to start making moves. Yes. <laughs> so, where do you think? Uh, what, what what's your short list then? If you have one for maybe where you would like to retire abroad, let's say. You know, my my number one destination has been Portugal now for a few years. Just after researching, you know, um, opportunities there and, and looking at the. Uh, the cost of living, the opportunities to get, you know, residency there. Like that, that's really been my number one destination. But honestly, when I think about it, like I didn't expect to be in Oman for almost a decade, you know? So it's like, I, I'm, I'm really kind of open to possibilities. Like I'm, you know, after going to so many different places, I'm like, hmm, maybe Ghana should be on my list. Mm -hmm. I've heard good things about Rwanda. I haven't been yet, but I want to check it out. So it's yeah. like, I have different places in the back of my mind, but honestly- yeah. If my opportunity falls in the right place, me being able to find a place affordable in Panama or somewhere awesome, like I'll be open, I'll be game for it. So let's just see what the future holds. Okay, that's cool. I understand that too. So tell us a little bit about now you've been in Oman for eight years. So apparently you like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you like about living in Oman? You know, I, I honestly, I just got this question earlier today on social media and I was just like, hmm, I always have to think about it when I get that question because there's so many things that I like about Oman. Like, honestly, living in the Middle East in general, like it's a really, well, depending on where you're in the Middle East, but living here is like, it's really laid back. Like in Oman in particular, like Omanis are like some of the nicest people you will meet in life. And like, honestly, I went from good to great. Like, you know, living, being in South Korea, coming here, like Omanis are just very chill, you know, out of everybody in the GCC, people always say like, oh, Omanis are the nicest. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I you know, I'm just like, kind of like, I think I made a good choice choosing Oman. So it's just like the, the, the beauty of the country in general, like the beaches, the mountains, you have everything, the best of both worlds, as far as like the climate and the culture my colleagues, like literally everything. It's just, it's just been really a, a good life to me. Like, I feel like everything is just like, eh, inshallah. But, <laughs> you know, what will be, will be. And you really like start feeling that like after you've been in this region for so long. <laughs> but Oman in particular, just a very beautiful country. So I like it. Yeah, you know, and I only, I, I didn't explore Oman as much as I really wanted to while I was living there. So now I'm thinking about it as you talk and I regret that. Not that I can't have the opportunity again, but I was right next door, right? right. But again, when I was right next door, it was during the pandemic, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I did visit Oman. So I did, I visited and saw Nicole in Oman, although I didn't tell people how we met. And I'm trying to remember, you know, really how we met Nicole, because I think you and I were in touch before I even moved abroad, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because like we will always meet up with like we always had the girlfriend network in Dubai and UAE where we'll always all meet up there. But it's yeah. like, good question. Did we? I'm pretty sure we did, but I don't know if it was all of them. Go try to which travel community, you know, we expect right. like start chatting and then you just feel like you know each other. You finally get yeah. to meet the person. No, she's cool. So yeah. Because <laughs> I think that if I know we, we were in, in touch at least early on while I was an expat or, or before, because you might have right. been one of the influences for me to move abroad. Um, because I, I moved to Qatar in 2014. That's when you moved to Oman that year? 
Yeah, you know, when I moved back to Oman, that's the funny part. I was in Oman for a year in 2012. So ah. actually, like, now I think about it, I've been here almost nine years because I came in 2012. I left for a year to go to school in 2013. Then I came back in 2014. Okay. Yes, I was already abroad for a couple years prior yeah. to coming back. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I know that you and I, what year was it that you wrote A Guide to Landing an English Teaching Job? It's been about five years now, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that it was while I was still in Qatar. I yes. contributed to Nicole's yes. book. So, <laughs> very informative for people that are looking to teach abroad. A lot of good information in there on that book. And mm -hmm. so that's why I knew that I knew you for quite a while. So we've, of course, met up in Dubai. <laughs> mm -hmm. because, but did you, mm -hmm. you never came to Doha while I was there, did you? I have been to Doha, but I'm trying to remember if I visited possibly was wait so if you you first went it was you said it was a 2014 or 2017 i was 20, in doha the 2014 to 2018 no i think i did well, i want to say that i did come around well, I, I know there. i've been in okay. doha i've been back in Oman, so i don't remember exactly what year but yeah actually i have been but maybe we just didn't get to hang out that time i came huh. i want to say kind of like a long holiday weekend okay and i probably <laughs> was traveling <laughs> now, that's what I was going to say. Nine out of ten, you weren't in a country. That's possible. <laughs> Maybe, because I don't remember seeing you in Qatar. But what I do remember, because it comes up in my Facebook memories yeah. about us spending, it wasn't Christmas, but it was around the holiday season when we went to the beach. Here in Oman. In Oman. It was for Heather's birthday. It was Heather's birthday. So was that early yeah. December? Yeah. It was like early January. I want to say it was like right after Christmas. It was still no. like holiday season. It was so before Christmas. And the reason I know that is because we had on the Santa hats and there was a Santa that came in on a jet ski. You don't remember yeah. that? <laughs> you're right. You're right. I know Heather's birthday is at the beginning of January, but I think we celebrated it earlier. I think you're Maybe right. that was it then. Okay. Maybe <laughs> that was it. Yeah, because yeah. I couldn't imagine them having somebody coming in for Santa stuff in January. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So that was my, I think that was my only trip to Oman, which was mm -hmm. great. But there's, so, like you said, there's so many other beautiful areas of Oman that I wanted to explore. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to get back out there and visit, right? <laughs> okay, so I've mentioned already one of your books that you've written. We'll talk about mm -hmm. the second one in a minute. But I also want to talk about your travel blog and the writing yes. that you've been doing. So you being a communications major now, that makes more sense as well. <laughs> so tell mm -hmm. us more about how you started to actually start to chronicle your travels and, and write the blog. Yeah, actually, you know, we we just celebrated like the 10-year anniversary. That's so crazy. I mean, of I Love the Glow Child. We started, I love, you know, me and my business partner, Renee, she's based in Australia. We actually started I Love the Glow Child, the blog and the community on Facebook at the same time. And at that point, we both met as teachers in South Korea, but it was around the time that we both had decided we were going to leave. So like I was getting ready to move to Oman and she was getting ready to move to Australia. And we decided that like we wanted to start our own travel community and, and website to document our experiences, like, you know, as black women traveling the world, um, setting up shop in new countries or what have you. So that's really how the idea of I Love the Glow Track came to fruition and where the travel community started. Because, you know, we used to be like 
members of brothers and sisters in South Korea, you know, and it's just like, that was a very niche, like, you know, for black people in South Korea. But we were like, well, we're going to be in two different countries on two opposite sides of the globe. So like the idea was just the start of travel community for people like us, expats. And so, um, yeah, that's really how we came about. And since then, you know, I've been blogging about living in Oman and my travels throughout the Middle East and Africa and pretty much everywhere <laughs> in the past decade um, or so. And uh, then, you know, blogging really made me feel more comfortable and confident to start pitching outlets. And that's how the freelance writing started, really, after blogging for a bit and then starting feeling good about reaching out to play to, to different newspapers and, and magazines and pitching about, you know, doing a hotel stay or review or just a write up about a destination I was going to. So, yeah, over time, you know, freelancing just really became like my, my, my side, my passion project. So. I like to tell people I'm an English teacher by day, freelance writer, offer by night. So that's been my my my, my niche. I married both past passions, education, writing, you know, and 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 here we are. <laughs> right. Which actually I wanted to talk more about that because your blogging allows you, as you just mentioned, then to have free hotel stays and meals and things like that. So um mm -hmm. it's more than just getting paid to write then yeah. there's a it, it can actually be part of your travel experiences so tell us some of the places you've gone then as a blogger then where they've been able to provide you with like accommodations and things like that because i watch you and see you doing these travels what type of trips has that afforded you yeah it's been amazing like i really have to get back on the ball i have, haven't been pitching you know, since the pandemic, it really everything just kind of stopped. Like reaching out to outlets, like nobody was doing stays. So I'm like, oh, I got to get back into the to the game. But really, it started like oh my, like just like weekend getaways to Muscat. I started reaching out to hotels here first, and you know, then Oman turned into UAE, getting opportunities in Dubai, and then even um, when I went to Doha, like I reached out <laughs> Bahrain. Like all, well, most of my travel throughout the Middle East, I've reached out to different hotels and. Like I've I've gotten a stay in the Seychelles, that was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been really incredible. Like some of the opportunities I get, and sometimes I don't always get like totally free stays. I might get a discounted stay, but yeah. for, I'm buying but for free still. stays. Yeah, but still, exactly. It was like it's places I was going to go to anyway. So I was like, right. Yeah, put, put my so media cap in. This. <laughs> it reminds me. So Nicole, Nicole is very enterprising which is one of the things I love about her. Like you really are a hustler in a good way. And so I also, I bought a package from you years ago, Nicole. I have a folder still in my box with this package that I purchased when it tells you how to pitch. Do you still, do you still sell that package? Cause I haven't heard anything about it in a while. You know I have not, you know, and it's so funny you mentioned that because like now that I'm studying like, um, to get into like instructional design like I'm starting to think about like oh I need to get back on this court like that was I was actually approached by another travel blogger who saw like how successful I was was at pitching and she was like you know you want to do a build a course together it was really her idea initially and mm -hmm. we co-collaborated on it okay. and so um, we, we did it for a couple like we did a webinar and you know but after that we haven't picked it back up but I'm like hmm I've had so many people like literally like even um, how to publish a children's book. I have people like, oh, you know, I'm really interested. Like, can you guide me? And I'm like, maybe I should create a course. Maybe I should go back right. and redo my course. So like, it's, you know, these different things happen in the back of my mind, but sure. child, 
so busy. <laughs> I know. To find a you know, we have so many ideas and I'm the same, same way, you know, so many, there's a lot of different opportunities, but now that I think about it, I'm going to go back to that course <laughs> and I need to think about, you know, trying to do some pitches, especially now I'm in Panama, right? And I can mm -hmm. maybe highlight some of the different, you know, places here in Panama. So there's a thought. So now let's talk about these books. You have the first book, A Guide to Landing an English Teaching Job Abroad. What led you to write that book? You know, it, it's so funny because you, you, we talked about like me being a travel blogger, right? So initially the idea was a blog post. Like I, it was, you know, just five tips for getting into teaching English abroad. Like, and then when I wrote that blog post, it became so successful and people started like, I started getting inbox messages too for more and more people asking me how about how did I get into it and asking them for advice. And so I said, hmm, you know, and one of my my friends, Kerwin, I remember um, one of my travel friends, he commented, he was just like, this needs to be a book. Because he was like, obviously, he was like, there's a lot of people who have questions. So honestly, it was my community. It was, it was people asking me for information, literally like people telling me like, girl, write a book on this because you have so much knowledge. So that's how I came about. It started off as a blog post. And then from those five tips in the post, I turned obviously, <laughs> more research, more interviews with people and decided to make it a book because it, it was just people, everyone was asking me about it. So. So what made you think about the children's book though? Well, honestly, yeah, it's so funny because I like to tell people like, you know, the first one is a, um, a guide for adults, right? For landing teaching jobs abroad. So this one is an ABC guide for children's games. So honestly, I had the idea in my head for a few years that I wanted to write a children's book, like a travel themed children's book, but I kind of was stuck on deciding like what niche I wanted to focus on. So I landed on children's games. Ironically enough, after watching Squid Games, like, you know, I was inspired. I was like, games, that's the topic. And, you know, living in South Korea, being able to put South Korea in a book, living in Oman, being able to put Oman in a book. So it was like, really the, the, the idea was I wanted to inspire my nephews. Like, you know, you see them on the cover, right? So it was like children, like my nephews. I was like, I want them to see little children from other countries playing games. And hopefully that inspired them to want to, travel and see the world like you know be like your auntie when you grow up <laughs> that was kind of the idea so yeah I actually have it right here my copy. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that those were your nephews wow. yeah, yeah it's dedicated to them <laughs> and I like the illustrations in here very nice and I love the fact that the illustrator is in Ukraine yeah is she, she still in Ukraine or did she leave you know no, actually, we met like, like you know, I went online, I was looking for an illustrator and I started off with an American illustrator that didn't work out. And I found her. She's actually based in Amsterdam. She's in Netherlands, maybe not Amsterdam. I know she's in she's in Europe, but she we actually started conversing online when I was looking for a, a new illustrator. And she was in Europe before, you know, everything happened with the war in Ukraine. But, you know, obviously it hit home, like literally because like. Her grandparents were still there. So like when we were yeah. working, collaborating on a book, like she literally was like, you know, I'm going to go back to the Ukraine and try to get my grandparents out. So like she is so, like she is so inspirational. I was like, you're a total bad at like I don't know if I can curse, but you know, like she she she's a total rock star. Like I, I was just so impressed with her talent. And, and one of the things she said, she was like, like, I'm grateful to be working on this project at this time because she was like, it's helping me keep my mind off of like what I'm seeing of my mm -hmm. family, you know, people back home go through. So yeah, but she she did an incredible job. I'm so I'm so grateful with the final outcome. So yeah. 
I like it a lot. So mm -hmm. congratulations on that, definitely. And I know that you have a lot going on coming up with the book because you've done a great job of promoting it as well and being able to, you know, get it placed globally. So we'll be looking out for you. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've been trying, girl. I've been working hard, working hard. You know, promoting a book is a lot. Oh, I know. Yes, a I do know. <laughs> the U.S., you know, trying to get it in the different locations. And I'm excited because next month I'll be um, going back to Dubai for the first time in months and ages since, since earlier this year. Months. To the, uh, the Sharjah, <laughs> right, right back to the Sharjah International Book Fair. It's going to be on display there. I have a PR who's going to be representing us. I'm so excited. Wonderful. With some libraries and some places pick it up fingers crossed <laughs> that's right that's right international author what's next for you what do you have what, what else is coming up for you or what do you have planned in the near future or distant future hmm, near future honestly girl i'm trying to make it day by day you know the teaching these kids these university students and being a student on the side myself i just started studying instructional design so that inshallah that will be next maybe in a couple years i'll be freelancing full-time travel writing and and building and building each e-learning training so that's that's the dream it'd be a full-time digital nomad in the near near future there you and go so hopefully that leads to me being able to retire abroad and just live where i want hopefully start my little hostel my, my other dream in the future ah. so yeah that's that's my long term though short term Digital nomad, freelancing, long-term, having my retirement community, my, my, my little hostel, so in Portugal or wherever I end up, <laughs> wherever Very I live. nice. Very good. So what would you recommend then, uh, Nicole, to women that are considering moving abroad, trying to determine kind of, you know, wanting to step out of their comfort zone and trying to maybe figure out what they want to do next? Mm, that is a really great question. Trying to decide what's next. Honestly, I feel like for me, like I tell people, I literally fell into teaching, like it landed in my lap, you know, just looking at opportunities. But I, I wasn't expecting to personally do this for as long as I have, but it's been great. So I, I feel like for women who are on the fence about it, like, honestly, just keep your eyes peeled because the right opportunity sometimes literally comes to you when you're least expecting it. You know, sometimes we we're looking at doors and they're closed, but sometimes you, have, you just have to keep your eyes peeled and, you know, use the internet, research, use the, the online communities. I mean, you will, you know, there's like the Exodus group and there's different, you know, expat communities. Keep your eyes peeled because sometimes the right opportunity will just literally land in your lap. You're like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> so yeah, be, be open to the, the opportunities that are out there. I like that. Absolutely. Be open to the opportunities that are out there. Don't close the door before you even take a look to see what it can offer you. I that think part. that's very good uh, advice because Nicole is an example of 10 years later. <laughs> right? Right? It's like, <laughs> good. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Nicole. Is there anything else that you would like to, to share? No, they're just, I just want to say thank you for have, having me. And hopefully I inspire some women to, to flip the script, try, try something new <laughs> like we, we did. So yeah, thank you again for having me. And check out I Love the Glow, try out the blog. We're you know on Facebook, we're on Twitter, IG. On IG, I'm Nicole.I Love the Glow, try 
we also have the I Love the Glow Tribe page there. And you know, just follow me. Keep following these stories. These spell ones. spell that out because it's a little bit different. Oh yeah, yeah. So unique unique spelling is I L U V the number two and then globetrot.com. <laughs> yes. And I'll also have that um, um, on on the postings, but I want to make sure that people get that. Okay. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for Good having luck. me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping the Script. If you like what you have heard, please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at flippingthescript.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at flippingthescript. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. We're flipping the script so you'll find your way To help you embrace any trials you face We're flipping the script, conquer every day